I'm beginning to think that this is the Tresina where the world can turn on a technicality. I'll let you know what I mean by that after I welcome you to episode 24 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin, continuing with this podcast to accompany my horoscope blog that tracks the days of this calendar. As always, we're working here with a calendrical system that involves 20 solar-based energies working in conjunction with 13 unique numerical powers to create a cycle of 260 days or a count of days, referred to in Yucatec Maya as a Zulcan. Each of the 260 days in the cycle is unique. Each one ties in with events not only going on in the world, but also in people's individual lives, as every person carries the energetic imprint of the forces that were in play at the time of their birth. The influence of those energies on world events and people's lives is the focus for both the blog and this podcast, which is done by tracking the Tresinas, the 13-day periods that cycle within this system, with each one having a different emphasis or theme. We're currently in the Ish, or Jaguar, Tresina, the second one in the 260-day cycle that runs from 1 Imish to 13 Ahau. I'm going to briefly back up for a moment since I didn't do a podcast for the last Tresina. The last podcast that I posted was for the Lamat Tresina during the second half of January, which covered Joe Biden's inauguration and his first few days in office. At that time, I highlighted a number of key historical events related to shifts in leadership that often happen during that period, such as the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II in 1953. Then came the Imish Tresina, the first 13 days in the cycle that started on January 29th and continued until February the 10th. That is a time frame that represents new beginnings, with an emphasis on birth. And that was when all sorts of house cleaning was going on in Washington. Over the last half of the Lamat Tresina and into the first few days of the Imish Tresina, Joe Biden issued well over 40 executive orders, in many cases overturning policies or orders put in place by the dumpster. After four years of chaos, the White House was once again holding daily press briefings, civil briefings, and various departments were being completely revamped. There was, and is, strong evidence that, finally, that country and the rest of the world can finally get down to tackling the big issues that are crying out for attention. So that Imish Tresina 
symbolized by the nourishing water lily, was the first full Tresina of the Biden administration. And that is the Tresina that generally opens up the realm of all potential. A whole new set of possibilities, fitting in perfectly with Joe Biden's longtime emphasis on the opening up of possibilities. And so that was right in keeping with the inception of this new chapter in American and world history. There's often a cosmic aspect to that Imish Trisina as well, oriented around space or the creation abyss where anything is possible. And at the end of that Trisina, there were two noteworthy space events that are opening up new possibilities. One was the arrival of the UAE's Hope Orbiter at Mars. And the other was the arrival at Mars of China's Tianwen-1 probe. Both managed to successfully insert themselves into orbit around that planet to begin their explorations. The UAE orbiter will conduct its explorations of the Martian atmosphere and weather from space, while the Tianwen-1 probe will be landing in May to explore the surface of the planet. But they're not alone, since NASA's Perseverance rover is due to touch down on Mars next week. So this is another example of new possibilities opening up. Three different nations involved simultaneously with three different Mars missions. Coming at a time when, without doubt, there are likely a lot of people wondering how to get off this planet, given the stresses that planet Earth has been facing lately. So let's have a look at the Ish Trisina, where we are right now. This is the Jaguar Trisina that begins with the initiation of Jaguar energy, which is the energy that will also work with all the other days within this time period. In Maya mythology, the Jaguar was seen as a master of navigation, a creature of great strength and agility that had dominion over the tangle of the underworld. It was seen as being symbolic of high magic and even mastery over things of an unseen nature. The jaguar was seen also as a peerless survivor, particularly adept at stalking and ambushing its targets from undercover, often delivering a blow to its prey through a quick pounce that can seem to come out of nowhere, often from a target's blind spot. Its beauty, strength, and adaptability made it lord of the earthly domain to the Maya, and emblematic of authority, kingship, and ultimate triumph. Coming back to what I said at the start of this podcast about the idea that the world can turn 
on a technicality during this time frame. That is exactly what happened six cycles ago during this period, when legal technicalities associated with Hillary Clinton's private email server derailed Hillary's trajectory towards becoming the first female president of the U.S. The confusion that this caused just as this ish Tricina was coming into place just before the 2016 presidential election was the pivot that enabled the dumpster to win that election on the fifth day of this Tricina. We all know what followed. We've all lived through the horrific four years that followed, the six cycles from this Tresina in November 2016 to now. But hundreds of thousands of people did not make it. In the U.S., close to half a million people have died from COVID-19 because of the ineptness of the Dumpsters administration. At the end of the last Dracena, the Lancet Commission on Public Policy and Health in the Dumpster Era reported on the repercussions of his health-related policies and the failures and social schisms that enabled his election. The report, which was scathing, stated that he, quote, exploited low- and middle-income white people's anger over their deteriorating life prospects to mobilize racial animus and xenophobia and enlist their support for policies that benefit high-income people and corporations and threaten health. His signature legislative achievement, a trillion-dollar tax cut for corporations and high-income individuals, opened a budget hole that he used to justify cutting food subsidies and health care. His appeals to racism, nativism, and religious bigotry have emboldened white nationalists and vigilantes and encouraged police violence and, at the end of his term in office, insurrection. Unquote. The report goes on in this vein at length, saying that, among many other horrific things, he weakened the Affordable Care Act and environmental regulations, which resulted in more than 22,000 extra deaths in 2019, that's 2019 alone, hastening global warming and despoiling national monuments and lands sacred to Native people. The report concluded that the U.S. could have averted 40% of the deaths from COVID-19 had the country's death rates corresponded with the rates in other high-income G7 countries. 
It noted that the dumpster was widely condemned for not taking the pandemic seriously enough or soon enough and for spreading conspiracy theories and for undermining scientists and others who were working to combat the virus's spread. So here we are back under the influence of these same energies, the ones that were in place when the dumpster came into power. And what happened in Washington yesterday, Saturday, a technicality gave 43 U.S. senators the excuse, the loophole they needed to vote to not convict him of the heinous crimes that everyone knows he committed. Even though seven Republicans voted with Democrats to impeach him, making the final vote 57 to impeach versus 43, Apparently, the most bipartisan presidential impeachment vote in U.S. history. It fell short of the 67 votes needed to impeach. Even Senator McConnell said that he believed that the dumpster was practically and morally responsible for inciting the horrific attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th calling his actions a disgraceful dereliction of duty and a desertion of his office. He nevertheless did not join the other seven Republicans who voted to impeach on the technicality that, according to him, you can't impeach a former president. And let's not forget that it was McConnell who orchestrated the delay in this trial until after the dumpster was out of office. Fortunately, fortunately, there are glimmers of hope. And there have been many glimmers, even though such highly consequential moments have been so impactful in the past. One glimmer relates to what just happened. Let's keep in mind that a majority did vote to condemn the dumpster's actions. And the prosecution in the impeachment trial presented a stunning, stunning overview of the heinous acts associated with the insurrection in Washington and the dumpster's role in it. Even McConnell emphasized after the votes were counted, that such a trial was never meant to be the final forum for American justice. As he put it, the dumpster is still liable for everything he did in office, still liable to be tried and punished, still morally and practically responsible. And it's highly likely that many criminal investigations against him will be opened up, such as what happened on one each the first day of this period in Georgia, when a criminal inquiry was opened into the dumpster's call to try to overturn the results of the election in that state.
Another glimmer, well, not just a glimmer, but a strong ray of light and hope, can be seen in the transition that's just taken place in Washington. Seeing Joe Biden in the White House with his wife, Jill, and his loyal canine companions, Champ and Major, by his side, is a comforting sight. What a delight to see them on the White House lawn on Friday, surveying all the Valentine's decorations filled with messages such as healing, courage, kindness, and compassion. Jill's way of sending a message of hope to the country. And then there are the people, the rational people, the people with spines, not the ones who have been so led astray that they chose to follow the dictates of a madman, although hopefully some of those are now waking up and realizing how duped they have been, but the ones who know the difference between right and wrong, the difference between justice and injustice, and have been willing to become, as I mentioned in my blog, Jaguar Warriors for the Cause of Justice. The last time this Jacina was in place, those warriors leapt into action as massive protests broke out across the country, and in other countries as well, in a huge call for justice. After George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, died from suffocation while pleading for help from a police officer who had pinned him down, unarmed and handcuffed. Such warriors would also be working with Quetzalcoatl, the life force oriented twin to the Jaguar, who serves as the patron energy for these 13 days. In ancient Mesoamerica, this was an energy, a deity, strongly aligned with justice and positive action. One of the justice-related actions that took place at that time was the painting of Black Lives Matter in massive yellow letters spanning two blocks on the central axis that leads straight to the White House, called for by Washington, D.C.'s mayor. She also deemed that this section of 16th Street was to be Black Lives Matter Plaza, complete with a new street sign with that designation. That happened four days after the dumpster's despicable photo op stunt when pepper spray and flash grenades were used to clear a path through peaceful protesters. In my blog, I've highlighted many key events that have taken place in the past within this Tresina. But at this time, I want to talk about some very positive events that are associated with this Tresina at this particular time. 
We're still dealing with the pandemic, of course, and the numbers are still very scary. Over 108 million cases globally and over 28 million in the U.S., and there are a number of variants that are causing concerns, as well as delays in getting vaccines out to where they need to be. So we all have to continue to exercise a great deal of caution as we carry on through our days. Normally, a lot of festivals would be happening at this time of year, but at this time, many have been cancelled or modified in some manner due to the pandemic. But an impressive number of alternatives to crowd gathering have been organized. So it seems that many people are becoming warriors, not only for truth, justice and safety, but also for culture and the arts. Most certainly, culture and the arts have taken a severe beating due to the pandemic, and many, many people are feeling bereft because of it. But as much as this, Tristina often calls for warriors for a cause, it can also foment magic. And in the world of the Maya, the jaguar was seen as a great magician, a great magical being. So let's have a look at some of the magic available to us at this time. There are a number of cross-cultural events going on, events that welcome participation by all, which can be really fun. Rio de Janeiro's carnival would normally have begun on the second day of this time frame, and there would have been a fabulous parade taking place at this time, with mucho partying. Normally, this would involve dozens of samba schools that employ hundreds of designers, artists, musicians, dancers, costume makers, sculptors, and even mechanics in the creation of extraordinarily flamboyant floats, making their way through the 90,000-seat Sambodromo, a purpose-built 700-meter-long boulevard stadium, and street parties would explode with music and vibrant color. This year, there is no grand parade and local events will be greatly toned down. But one event did take place yesterday in modified form. The Blockeo, or Dog Festival, where dogs dressed in costumes took part in a pet parade in a socially distanced area where people could see the event and have a little fun. But overall, people will have to settle for a virtual version of the world's biggest party this year. Unfortunately, like the U.S., Brazil has been utterly devastated by the coronavirus, with close to 10 million cases and with the world's second highest number of deaths, over 230,000 Chinese New Year is also in place at this time, 
the eve of the year of the ox, coincided with the opening of this tresina on one ish, the initiation of magic. This is the beginning of China's Spring Festival, which includes a series of special celebrations and traditions that will play out at this time throughout the whole of the Tresina. The second day of this Tresina was the day when dogs were given special treats. So with this being the same day as the Blockeo event in Brazil, it looks like it was a great day to be a dog. On 4 Caban on February 14th, in place as I'm speaking, we have Chinese New Year events continuing along with Valentine's Day at the start of a new Maya month. This is also Heart Month, a good time to focus on cardiovascular health. In honor of all this, I included an image of a red heart with a hieroglyph of four caban on it, next to this entry in my blog. The number four is representative of the sun in the Maya calendar, and caban has to do not only with the earth, but also movement, and even the movement of a heartbeat, as well as evolutionary movement. For the Maya, these kinds of glyphs are sacred symbols representative of the energies themselves, energies that sometimes even seem to emanate from the glyphs. I haven't spoken too much about glyphs in the context of this podcast, but it is a fascinating aspect of Mayan art and culture. I find them, glyphs, to be particularly intriguing to work with and often incorporate them into artworks. So I'll just do a little shameless promotion here and let you know that if you would like to have a personalized heart along these lines or something similar, I would be happy to put something together for you for a nominal fee. I could either do something like what you see in my blog just look for the heart with the glyph next to the four caban entry. The glyph can be of your own choosing, a glyph representing your own birth energy or that of a significant other, or even a glyph representing a joint energy, two or more people together. I would need the Gregorian birth date for whoever the heart or Valentine is for in order to translate it into the Maya hieroglyphic equivalent. I could then get it to you either digitally or even in three-dimensional form, as my lovely husband has been busy making hearts as objects of comfort during the pandemic. The image of the heart that you see in the blog is one that he created. He also does some great garden sculpture involving hearts. I'm including a link to his Have a Heart sculpture collection in my podcast post. Moving on, the day after Four Caban, we come to that energy, that very, very consequential energy of five 
Etznab. Exactly six cycles since that bone-chilling presidential election in November of 2016. So heads up. Symbolically, this is a knife-edged type of energy that can be quite dazzling and attention-getting, as we have seen. It's represented by obsidian, which can be made into sharp knives or blades. And this is a substance that can also create sparks and fire. This is an energy that also contains the potential to bring things to a definitive conclusion, as in the official surrender of Japan at the end of World War II in 1945. And probably, I should say, it brought an end to anything representing normalcy in 2016 with that election. Coincidentally, or not, this is the calendar round return, which is the same energies exactly of the day and month energies that were in place in 1969 at the conclusion of the trial conducted by Jim Garrison that focused on the conspiracy behind the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Five years later, this same energy brought an attempted assassination of President Nixon. And then in 2006, there was an actual assassination under this five etsnob influence of Lebanese cabinet minister Pierre Gemayel when his car was ambushed in Beirut. But the most consequential event that took place under this influence was that disastrous U.S. election in 2016, the day when there was a collective groan heard around the world as headlines showed the world reacting with shock and disbelief. At that time, it was seen as the end of an era, that of neoliberalism. Many even renamed the country, calling it the Divided States. And that was just the beginning. As many saw that day as the day when America died. Could anyone have foreseen the complete meltdown that took place in Washington and other cities across the country five cycles later, in May of last year, when there was a state of crisis from coast to coast in conjunction with the Black Lives Matter protests? At that time, things were so out of control with regard to the coronavirus and so many other things that people were saying that the dumpster had, for all intents and purposes, abdicated his office. But nothing was done about it, and everyone still had to suffer through one more cycle, bringing us up to this point in time, where, after being impeached for the second time by the House, the Senate once again acquitted him, even though they had been under attack just a few weeks earlier by mobs that he had incited to riot.
So with six cycles behind us now, this seems to be a shift point with regard to that energy. With the impeachment trial over, but with so many lawmakers and others all strongly calling for accountability, it is highly likely that we're going to start seeing a considerable amount of energy devoted to criminal prosecutions related to much of what has happened. Overall, it seems once again that lots will be going on on 5 Etsnab at this time. But this time, it seems that much of it will be good stuff for a change. In several Canadian provinces, this will be Family Day. It's also the auspicious fourth day of Chinese New Year, known as Yang Ri, the day of the goat, a symbol of luck, and the day of the Kitchen God Festival associated with good fortune. This is a good time to throw out rubbish and anything associated with bad luck. In Buddhist tradition, this is one of two days associated with the Buddhist Nirvana Day. The other was last week. In the U.S., this is President's Day. And part of the tradition is for President George Washington's 1796 farewell address to be read out loud in the U.S. Senate. Now, given everything that's just happened, everything from the 2016 election under this energy influence to the impeachment vote in the Senate just prior to the return of this energy, where those 43 Republicans voted not guilty on a technicality rather than on the barrage of evidence to the contrary, there is something, dare I say, almost amusing about the fact that President's Day is in place at this time and that the tradition of reading this aloud is maintained. Here is just a portion of that address, so you'll see what I mean. Again, the words of George Washington, where he's speaking about threats to the effectiveness of government, particularly party politics. So I'm quoting here, George Washington. I have already intimated to you the danger of parties in the state, with particular reference to the founding of them on geographical discriminations. Let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you, in the most solemn manner, against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. This spirit, unfortunately, is inseparable from our nature, having its root in the strongest passions of the human mind. It exists under different shapes in all governments, more or less stifled, controlled or repressed. 
but in those of the popular form it is seen in its greatest rankness and is truly their worst enemy. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. Without looking forward to an extremity of this kind, which nevertheless ought not to be entirely out of sight, the common and continual mischiefs of the spirit of party are sufficient to make it the interest and the duty of a wise people to discourage and restrain it. Unquote. That was part of George Washington's 1796 farewell address. There's much more to this speech, of course, but that is what they will be reminding themselves of on this particular Five Etznab Day. In the words of George Washington himself, when this is read out in full in the Senate. So that will be tomorrow, February the 15th. The following day, Six Kawak, is a storm everywhere kind of force, an energy that often has more to do with the triggering of a storm of compassion or emotion rather than necessarily a weather-related storm, although that can also happen. This is Mardi Gras Day in New Orleans, or New Orleans, however it's pronounced, and just like for Rio's Carnival, Mardi Gras parades are cancelled at this time as well. But if you have a look at a couple of the links that I've added to my blog about this, you'll see some interesting keep safe but still have fun alternatives that will be underway at this time. Normally there would be wonderful parades and floats that would be the focus for festivities, but this year the city has been encouraging people to turn their houses into floats so that people can enjoy them from the streets or as they drive by. One hotel is encouraging people to make shoebox floats and to submit them for a chance to win prizes. I've included a link to a wonderful Maison Masquerade parody video 
that provides a glimpse of the extraordinary creativity that will be on display despite COVID restrictions. A few years ago, I had a chance to see and feel the wonderful spirit of creativity in New Orleans at Mardi Gras time with all the ribbons and bunting on houses and trees and fences bedecked with purple, green, and gold beads. Just so much fun. So I have no doubt that they will find a way to connect with this Tristina's magic, especially on this six Kauak day, to make it memorable. There will be many virtual events to help people connect as well. If the whole world could just take a day off and celebrate the arts flat out like this, it would do us all a world of good. In the Chinese New Year sequence, this is the birthday of the God of Wealth, a good time to welcome wealth into one's home. Do this in conjunction with some good food, something bright and colorful to wear, and a few Mardi Gras beads thrown into the mix, and things will undoubtedly feel a little lighter and brighter. Skipping down a bit to February 19th, we see the Maya calendar energy known as Nine Eek. This is the calendrical day sign or birth energy of the feathered serpent deity known as Ehikat, Quetzalcoatl, traditionally seen as symbolic of spirit, breath, culture, the arts, and things of a life-giving nature. A very powerful energy, both mythologically and historically, the sacred twin of the jaguar. It's associated with far-reaching communication and is representative of the winds that can blow in multiple directions to bring about change. Tornadoes have even manifested under this influence. Given the winter weather conditions playing havoc in many areas, this might be one to watch as well. Since Nine Eek is very much aligned with culture and the arts, I should mention an initiative that began on January 20th called Arts Workers Unite, 100 Days of Art and Activism, calling on U.S. arts and culture workers to stand up, be counted, and be heard. The rollout of 100 Days of Art and Activism in conjunction with the first 100 days of the Biden-Harris administration is seen as a way to draw attention to the needs of the arts community during these difficult times. More information can be found on the BeAnArtsHero.com website. Okay, before I wrap up here, I should provide the reminder that for anyone listening to this from somewhere other than my website, you can find more information about all this in my My Account of Days horoscope, either by going to whitepuppress.com 
ca and clicking on horoscope blog or going to mayacalendararts.com and clicking on horoscope blog. That site includes earlier podcasts, other information on Maya Calendrics, some posts that I've written on topics such as birth dates and energy cycling, and some jottings about things that I offer such as coaching services and personalized artworks. For anyone who might like some assistance directly from me in terms of exploring how these energies may work within your own lives, especially if you're working on your own personal transformations and wondering how best to use your own Maya birth energy as part of that, or even if you're wondering how you might best become a jaguar warrior or even help others to do so, There are a number of options outlined on that Maya Calendar Arts site. There are many, many ways in which to work with these energies, not all of which are listed there. This is just a brief point of reference. Feel free, if you wish, to contact me if you have any questions. Contact information is in the websites, as well as information on subscribing to the Horoscope blog and podcast if you would like to receive automatic updates every 13 days. I haven't gone through every single day here and I haven't touched on every single festival underway at this time. Those are listed in the blog. So several of these are mentioned in the blog and as always all the days of this time frame are listed there as well. Before I finish up, I would like to mention 12 Chikchan, which comes in near the end of the Tresina. There is a strong life force oriented energy that also ties in well with some of these events. That would have been James Russell Lowell's 202nd Gregorian birthday. He was an American Romantic era poet who wrote a long poem about the crisis of slavery called The Present Crisis. And yet somehow it still seems to resonate. Here are a few lines from that work. Once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide. In the strife of truth with falsehood, for the good or evil side. Some great cause, God's new Messiah, offering each the bloom or blight, parts the goats upon the left hand and the sheep upon the right. And the choice goes on forever, twixt that darkness and that light. Hast thou chosen, O my people, on whose party thou shalt stand, ere the doom from its worn sandals shakes the dust against our land? Though the cause of evil prosper, yet tis truth alone is strong, and albeit She wander outcast now. I see around her throng troops of beautiful, tall angels 
to enshield her from all wrong. Troops of beautiful, tall angels standing with truth. What a gorgeous image to hold in our hearts and minds as we continue on this group journey towards the restoration of health, sanity, reason, and compassion. May the magic of the jaguar help you to navigate through this earth-oriented time frame as this journey continues. Keep safe, be well, and happy Valentine's Day, Chinese New Year, Mardi Gras, etc. Love to you all.